1: G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more, visit gsuite.com. When you spend an entire day or week cooking something, you want it to turn out really awesome, right? Right. Make sure whatever you're cooking comes out perfect with Joule Sous-Vide. Joule heats food to the exact right temperature and holds it there. Beef, poultry, pork, seafood, veggies, desserts, practically everything comes out exactly the way you like it every time. To get yours, visit Chefsteps.com slash Joule and use code Fantasy to get $15 off for a limited time. That's ChefSteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code fantasy. Joule, perfect food every time. Wow. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano. What's up, Mike?
2: Um, I don't think you've ever called me Mike ever. I know,
1: right? I I said it as I said it. It felt weird coming out of my mouth, actually. So,
2: uh, of course, my mind is always on football. But Eddie, Yanks tonight, bud. Yanks tonight. Got to win. Feeling good. Yeah, Uh, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous. Postseason baseball is the most intense. I mean, and Mark, you're a Dodgers fan, so you know this too. Postseason baseball is the most intense of all the postseasons, I, I, at least for me. Every pitch, I'm living and dying with. Like, it's not even fun. It's not even fun, especially being a Yankee fan against the Red Sox. Um, that's that's what I'm going to be doing tonight, unless the Yankees are getting whacked, in which case I'll uh, be peeking in on the uh, Redskins Saints game.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I have sort of. It's been weird because after the Dodgers got to the World Series and got to Game Seven of the World Series last year, like. Right now, I mean, I'm sort of nervous, but I'm more like, okay, let's get, let's see if they can get through this first round, and then we'll, you know, the the anxiety level will amp up, and hopefully, they can get back to the World yeah, Series. Yeah, well,
2: so. Yankees, Red Sox, Eddie knows it's just nerve wracking.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yep, and. You know, watching my Cowboys lose last night. I mean, basically, all I have in my life right now is fantasy football and the Yankees. So
1: ah. that's it in terms of sports. Speaking of which, uh, as you mentioned, Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire, behind the glass. Beyond the Yankees, uh, what's going on, Murph?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm kind of with Fabs on that. <laughs> it's just playoff baseball and fantasy at this point. My fantasy game's a little close, but I should come out winning there. But the, just the, I don't want to blame the refs. I'm like, I'm not that kind of guy to do that. But when there's like four or five calls that determine the outcome of a game. It's not that great. and I, I said, I think last week, the Giants are going to suck me back in and I'm going to get caught in it. And they're, they're not a good team. And it's just uh it's not good to be in draft mode in October. I'll say that.
1: Here's the thing. I mean, as much as you guys are frustrated and I, I get it. Nobody in the NFC East is like looking like they're going to run away. Very, with this that's thing. also very
3: true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> like, a huge game Thursday versus the Eagles. So they win that game. All of a sudden they have life right. again. So, yeah, you're right.
1: I mean, you know, Washington right now, is, as we sit here, is two and one. They play tonight. Um, you know, Saints. The, the Cowboys and the Eagles are both two and three. The Giants are one and four. Like, this group's kind of bunched together. Yeah. So, you know, one and four. We're just
2: not – none of the teams are really No, any I mean, good. But with the Cowboys, I mean, no Sean Lee. And we saw – I mean, heck, like Alfred Blue's killing us. He had, tw- he had 28 touches, man. He led every running back, at least going into tonight's game, uh, in, in touches. Cowboys defense need Sean Lee back. And, I mean, just – just, you know what, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, I like, get it. You guys have big egos. Just bring Des back. Like, bring in Rashad Matthews for a workout. Do something. Because, you know, I, I like Alan Hearns and I like Cole Beasley. These guys ain't making plays, man. They're just not making plays.
1: Man, it's so funny how uh, how people forget because Des wasn't making plays either.
2: Uh, but he's <laughs> so, you don't think he's better than what we got going right now? Uh, I mean, I mean it's, it, 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 you're not here. To ask the, him on Twitter because he's he's well, been Well, really, Dez will tell you that he's better yeah, he's than been tweeting else. out a whole bunch of nonsense going on. People are are tweeting him that you know he couldn't get open this and that, whatever. So. Dez is actually, uh, his Twitter account is uh, in the end, a little bit enjoyable right now. I don't mean,
1: know that it really matters because uh, you're all in the same conference as the Rams. So This is true. There, there you know. go. Uh, we got plenty to talk about, of course. Uh, we'll look at some running backs because running backs are kind of an interesting group, uh, even more so than normal. So we'll talk about that. We'll play a little game of what's more likely as we look at some guys who are top scorers. Hit your waiver wire picks for week six. And, of course, we'll have our, your Monday Moanin tweets as well. But in the beginning, as we always do, let's do some news. <laughs> the news. Well, speaking of the Rams, uh, they potentially could be short a couple of receivers uh, coming up. Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup both left yesterday's game against the Seahawks. They were evaluated for concussion. So uh, we await word on what happens for them coming up. But uh, Fabs, this not having those two guys. Changes this offense quite a bit, I would think. Big time. And
2: if you have Jared Goff on your roster, obviously you have to really keep tabs on what's going on uh, with both Cooks and Cup because that offense is going to become a lot more one-dimensional as far as Todd Gurley getting the football goes. They're going to be running it a lot. I believe they're playing uh, Denver next week. Mm -hmm. So, um, I I mean, Robert Woods obviously came and had a very good game, uh, saw more targets. And then Josh Reynolds, they were using him. And then some guy, his name is Kaderil Hodge. Hodge. Yeah, he was getting some targets, too. Wouldn't pick him up off the waiver wire, but that's what you're looking at. You could end up seeing the Rams targeting the tight ends a little bit more. Obviously, we saw some of that yesterday as well, but it's going to be a lot of Todd Gurley if both Cooks and Cup cannot go. So keep tabs on their status throughout the week.
1: Would you throw a dart uh, in, on the waiver wire at Josh Reynolds, if neither one of those guys plays?
2: Well, you've got two teams on a bye, and I believe it's Detroit
1: and New, New Orleans. New Orleans, yes. so a lot no of my, receivers. No
2: Michael Thomas. A lot of receivers. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Denver's defense, boy. I mean, the previous week at home, they, they did well against Patrick Mahomes, at least in the last, uh, until the last quarter. But then you go to New York. And, and you get played like a fool by Sam Darnold. No offense, Mister USC. Hey, look. But I mean, Robbie Anderson was basically dead. They resurrected him from the grave, and he puts up two touchdowns and over a hundred yards. So yeah, that Broncos defense is not what it once was.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't quite figure them out. I uh, I, I tweeted at some point on Sunday that. Good pass defenses in the NFL don't seem to exist anymore, and you know, uh, there was one salty Dolphins fan who jumped in my mention and complained that you know we don't talk about the Dolphins enough. That you know because I work for NFL Network, apparently I'm not allowed to talk about them. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're you're, just not interesting. Your team has ten picks, but they're not really a great pass defense. So um, settle down, Beavis. Um, Matt Breida, yeah, good this missed some time with an ankle injury. It it. It looked a lot more serious than I think it's yeah. going to turn out to be. Yeah. Like watching him, I mean, he he was kind of dragging himself along the ground. It, it made me think of uh, a little bit like uh, Rick James and the D Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy skit. Uh, you yeah. know, when he got when he got his legs beat on, or like uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Sean Connery in The Untouchables, like he got shot up and is like trying to drag <laughs> himself to the phone. Like that's what it looked like. I don't think it's going to be quite that serious, but. It does look like he could miss uh, this week's game coming up against the Packers. Yep. So Alfred Morris time then? I mean,
2: he did have 18 carries. Yep, and, and, and three catches. Brita was good, man. Brita was on pace to have a 20 plus point performance in PPR leagues. But watch out for Kyle Youzcheck. Six catches, 75 yards, seven targets. Guy can catch the ball out of the backfield if you're in a PPR league. He could end up being more useful than you might think. Guy's a fullback, but he does have good hands, and he is targeted in the passing game quite a bit. How about C.J. Beathard with over 20 fantasy points? It was a weird week. It was a like, weird week. For quarterbacks, too, like last week we had seven go over 30. This week I don't think we had any. None. And and then you had a bunch of stinkers from some of the big-name guys like Matt Ryan who, and for all of you people who like to make fun about Big Ben, Home Road, Matt Ryan, Home Road, too. I mean, look at the numbers. But um, it, it's... it's uh. It's one of those situation guys. One of these situations, guys, where like any quarterback in any given week, well, I don't know, maybe not Marcus Mariota, although he had a big game last week. Who knows? They can all put up a big
1: number. It's insane. Yeah, Uh, you know, C.J. Beathard has not been awful. I mean, I'm not starting him. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) I'm not picking him up. I'm not starting him anywhere. But yeah, uh, you threw the ball 54 times. That is crazy, man. I'm sure someone out there is tracking it, and I'm sure I could easily find it if I decided to use the Google and do that. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like we're going to set a record, if we haven't already, of, of guys throwing the ball like 45 times or more in a season. Like, it, that, that used to be an insane number when somebody would throw the ball 40 times in a game. Um, now it just seems to be kind of like, whatever. Like, <laughs> the most ridiculous one what was what you do. Flacco.
2: <laughs> he threw it 56 times, no touchdowns, one
1: pick. How?
2: I don't know. How do you throw it 56 times. You can't throw one touchdown. I mean, I, mean, I faded him. I didn't like him this week. He scored
1: nine points, and he threw 56 times. That makes my head Didn't hurt. even hit 300 yards passing. That whole thing makes my brain itch. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, one last bit of news. Leonard Fournette did not play last week, and looks like he's already out. For week
2: six yeah and you've also got uh Corey Grant who's who's done for, Corey uh, Grant is for, done a while for the wild so, with the
1: Liz Frank injury yeah so you
2: would think the Jaguars are going to need to pick up a running back off of the scrap heap at some point this week but TJ Eldon uh, and we told you to start him this week and it, it was it wasn't a very difficult decision to advise people to start him because the touches were going to be there the matchup was there. Um, although Kansas City's defense, they were good in fantasy terms over 20 fantasy points. And and see, (laughs) were they good or well? Bortles, Bortles. I I know. And this is like, it's ridiculous because Bortles was bad. Bortles was bad. This was like, this is Blake Bortles. In in, in terms of fantasy football, this is Blake Bortles. This is how he finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback a couple of times already in his career. Garbage time. He'll throw a gazillion picks, but he does enough in the stat sheets to actually produce decent numbers. And that's what he did yesterday. If this was a real football game, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in fantasy terms. One of the better ones.
1: I, for the last few years, have have given out my own personal awards and the the crown jewel of that, the one that started it all, is what I call the Mark Bolger Award. I remember that. Which is the fantasy quarterback who succeeds in spite of himself. Because Mark Bolger, for those of you who don't remember Mark Bolger when he played for the Rams, he would he was the king of the you know, his stat line would be, you know, three fifty five with three touchdowns and, like, three picks, right? Because he would throw some picks in the first half, and then he'd have to throw the ball a bunch in the second half to, like, bring the Rams back. And he ended up with decent fantasy numbers. I am on the verge of renaming this the Blake Bortles Award. Do it. I might have to change this to the Blake Bortles Award because this is just, this is just what he does. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, 430 passing yards, one, one passing touchdown, one rushing really, touchdown. That was, the rushing touchdown is what sort of put him into, oh,
2: yeah, this was a good right. game. And you um, mentioned the four picks. He also had a fumble. Yeah. He had five turnovers.
1: Yep. So Blake Bortles, Blake Bortled? He, he Bortled. Yeah, he Bortled. Hashtag Bortling. So, anyway, it looks like no Leonard Fournette, uh, no Corey Grant. You mentioned there's some guys out there. I know that uh, I saw a report earlier that the Patriots were talking to Mike Gillisley and maybe bringing him back. Oh. No. Uh, that's potentially one no. guy. Uh, Orleans Darkwa is still hanging we around have nice out there. Things in New
2: England's backfield, Marcus. Um, Can't we? Right now, we have nice things. We have Sony Michelle. We have James White. They're both balling. We want nice things. We have nice things. Yeah. Don't bring Mike Gillisley in there. And if you do, sit him on the bench i think that's what i think i think
1: think he's i think he's depth i don't think he comes in there and gets a whole lot of work i mean what we saw from from michelle and white last week suggests that those two guys are the guys um and and, you know if mike gillisley does go back to new england i think he ends up just kind of being some depth yeah um although you know if you really are hurting and you want to take a dart throw at somebody oh goodness brandon wilds Well, more. Oh boy, that's that's really that's really deep, buddy. I mean, you know, uh, (laughs) Brandon Wilds. Uh, Anyway, Uh, so there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right, let's talk some running backs because, you know, we always are in need of running backs in fantasy football, especially when, you know, we talk about Matt Breida and Leonard Fournette being hurt and uh, not playing. So as many of these guys we can get being successful and productive, the better. So, I mean, let's just start, right? We've been so frustrated about David Johnson to start the season. The, yep. the Cardinals offense has been a mess. Uh, Sam Bradford has now been benched, and not only just benched, but he's been basically deactivated. He has not been active yeah. the last two weeks. Um, which side note, I'm sort of amused. All these people like tweeting how he's losing you know chunks of money every single week, as though he just hasn't, you know, gotten to the repeatedly throughout his career. Like that, he is a, a hall of famer at getting paid. No one on this
2: planet has made more money from being average Light. at what they do than Sam Bradford. Ryan come on. Ryan Seacrest? Uh, uh, you might have got me
1: there. You might have got me there. So, <laughs> they're in the same stratosphere. Um. So, anyway, the last two weeks, though, David Johnson has kind of come back to life a little bit. He had a touchdown last week. He had two touchdowns this week. He's starting to get 20 or more touches the last couple of weeks. I mean, they still keep plowing him right into the center of the offensive line, which is not optimal, but... Mm-hmm. Have you seen enough from him the last two weeks to kind of declare that he's back and everything's going to be okay now?
2: I, I don't. I don't say back because what was one of the biggest things about David Johnson in terms of you know his his skill set and what he can do is catching the ball to the right. backfield. He's just not
1: doing that enough. At least not in the way he did it before. Yeah,
2: I know. And yards per carry average is bad too. The offensive line's got question marks. So. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take the two touchdowns. You know, the, the yardage was, re- was really not all that good. 55 yards, averaging just over three yards an attempt uh, in that game against the 49ers. So I'll take it, but I'm still not getting what I drafted him hoping I would get. And that's a guy who's going to give me 60, 70
1: catches out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely get that. And I I just I don't understand how Mike McCoy is using him right now. I mean, again, they're just they're 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 treating David Johnson like he's just any other run of the mill, mediocre running back and not like the offensive weapon that really blew up two seasons ago. But for all the frustration and everything. He's kind of the RB12 right now.
2: You'll take you'll take what you got <laughs> you
1: know? last week
2: uh, or this week every single week.
1: Right, I mean, he got you you know 19 points in standard this week, uh you know given what I think 21, 22 points in in PPR. I mean, like I said, he's he's the RB12 right now. So again, it. it's not it's certainly not what you expected if you spent the number 1 overall pick on him, mm-hmm. but I think he's just rounding into shape, and I, I still believe that Josh Rosen getting the starting job was good news for him. So I, I, I'm going to hold on to that one. I'm in, uh, the, you know, that Allison
2: Chains league, and mm-hmm. I actually made a trade because Eric Dickerson is in the league. He wanted David Johnson, and so uh, the, he offered me um, Keenan Allen, Matt Barita before he got hurt, mm-hmm. you know, of course, mm-hmm. and Chris Thompson, and he wanted David Johnson and, and Galladay. I already had Golden Tate on the roster. I've already got Stephon Diggs on the roster, so I did it. So I don't have David Johnson anymore, so I don't have to deal with that. Although <laughs> I, I did win this week, but you know both of those guys had big games, uh, and, and Brito will be back at some point. He was more depth than anything else, but um, it was good to see David Johnson score. I just wish he'd catch the ball a little bit
1: more. Yeah, I, I mean I keep looking at his route chart, and like literally they're just you know they're just dumping it off to him at or behind the line of scrimmage, and then like hey go do something. Yeah. Like, <sighs> um. To so Seattle, staying in the division. The Seahawks seem to have found a pair of running backs and neither one of them is named Rashad Penny. Um <laughs> I don't know that Rashad Penny played an offensive snap. No, he didn't. He didn't play a snap. Not um, one. I think he played I think he played one special team snap, and that it was kind of it. Remind me, Marcus. Uh, sarcasm I mean, here. That's, he was a first-round pick. He was a first-round pick. First pick. But remember, he's a first round pick who got tired out a couple weeks ago because he was yep. playing all these special team snaps. Yeah. So I guess Pete Carroll just decided, hey, we won't tire you out uh on offense. We'll just let you It's not like special. the Seahawks didn't have other needs in the draft,
2: but we're not gonna <sighs> who knows? get
1: into it. Yeah. So But you know we last two weeks. Because Carson, you know, previously had been pretty good. Mike Davis the last couple of weeks has been pretty good getting in the end zone. So like we're we're cool now, right? We we can start a Seattle running back <laughs> now, right? I, I still say it's
2: Carson. Um he had 20 touches, Mike Davis 14, but Seattle's going like just ground and pound, man. Russell Wilson, and I apologize, I didn't like him this week, and he had a, he had a pretty good stat line comparatively to what the other quarterbacks did, had around 19 fantasy points but he completed 13 passes. That's it. That's it. You know, and and a couple of big ones to tie Lockett, but that's it. Like they just gashed the Rams on the ground. Mm -hmm. Carson with 20 touches. Mike Davis with 14 touches. Rashad Penny with no touches. uh, No snaps played. So, but so Penny clearly is now a guy you're, you're cutting, but, Seattle's running the ball, and I don't know if I necessarily like that. In fact, I don't like that. If I have Russell Wilson on my fantasy team, I get it. He had a good game uh, with, with almost 20 points, got the Raiders coming up. Uh, I believe that's a London game, right? It so, is the
1: London game, yeah. So
2: so that ought to be fun, but, I mean, Carson's a flex. Davis, I still say he's more of a touchdown-dependent guy with Carson there. Um, maybe a lesser flex, and you've got a couple of teams on a bye this week, but... Seattle's running it, man. This is not a team that's going to throw the ball a whole bunch. At least that's not what we've seen
1: now that –
2: and where was Mike Davis the first few weeks?
1: Uh, yeah. Like, what was the deal? I, I don't know. I'm confused. Pete Carroll well, he confuses was, me. He was the he was our third running back at first, mm. and then cause that was the, the the big thing a couple of weeks ago when Chris Carson was hurt and he wasn't going to play, and everybody thought, okay, well, this is the Rashad Penny week, and somehow Mike Davis leapfrogged him, going from yeah. you know being the backup to being the starter and getting all these touches. And he looks good, too. He looked good, man. Looks strong. A couple of weeks, yeah. He looks strong. So you know, as long as I feel like as long as he's. Look, yesterday, 12 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I mean, it's, it's better than what you're getting out of Jay Ajayi on a week-to-week no, basis. Don't talk about Jay Ajayi, Oh, no, we're going we're we're to talk about Jay Ajayi. Oh, Not yet, God, but we're going to talk about Jay Ajayi. So, um, I mean, hey, look, like I said, with the way running backs are, you could do worse, I think, right now than, than Mike Davis. Yeah. Uh, and certainly Chris Carson is, is worth starting. Um, is LaShawn McCoy startable again? Like he had a, I will say he had a great game, but he had 10 mm-hmm. points which is better than anything else he had done so far this season. Like they gave him the ball. Yeah. Which is something that you couldn't say the first month of the year. So everything sort of went well for
2: McCoy. He didn't find the end zone. Uh, his yards per carry average is blah. But he did have 24 carries in game script. Well, Buffalo was in the game. Right. And ten- what the heck? I mean, Tennessee, you want to talk about a team you can't figure it out. They, they beat the Super Bowl champions, and then they go to Buffalo and, and get beat by Josh Allen? Like, I mean... I don't get it, man. It's like, I'm speechless. I don't understand how this team went from playing so well to so piss poor against a bad team. But that's what happened. I'd be selling high on McCoy because I just don't believe in him. I don't believe in him. I like like the touches. But game script is almost, I think, typically is going to be more against him than it is for him. And Josh Allen is still making a lot of mistakes. I mean, the guy threw for 82 yards and... I would I would sell high on McCoy right now. If this is what I'm going to get, I mean, if this is his ceiling, Marcus,
1: if 12 points is his ceiling, um, uh, I'm going to try so and get rid of him. What I don't understand... Is how exactly does game script go against LaShawn McCoy? And I'm not saying that that's you know I'm not disagreeing with you that that's what happened. Well, because the Bills are getting whacked. Like in this game, it was positive for him.
2: But I mean, the Bills right their their team is just not good. So there's going to be games, especially on the road, where they're getting whacked and they can't use McCoy and they don't throw him the ball. So but, far this then, I guess
1: that's my question: is like yeah. why don't they throw him the ball? He can catch the ball. He's always been able to catch the football. Mm-hmm. And as in his career, I mean, look, his second year in the league. In Philadelphia. He caught 78 passes. I mean, uh, he's, he's a great passer. He's, he's caught 50 or more passes a number of times, and they're not throwing the football to him. Who are you going to throw it to? Kelvin Benjamin? Zay Jones? I mean, who are you throwing the football to in this offense that you can't somehow work LaShawn McCoy into your passing game? Like, what are you doing, Brian Dable? Mm-hmm. This is not the SEC anymore, where you're running over Vanderbilt and Mississippi State on a regular basis. Throw your good players the ball. Yeah, he's got... 10 catches on the season, 16 targets. I don't understand it. So, like, I, I know, like, I, I feel like that is the the argument that, hey, game script went against him. But it's like he's he's one of those guys, like, when the Cowboys are down, they don't stop throwing the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. You know, the, the Giants don't quit throwing the ball to yeah. Saquon. The, the Rams don't quit giving it to, to Todd Gurley. Like, it just... Yep. It's mind-boggling.
2: And you don't <laughs> even have... McCoy, I, I don't have him in your team. team. I didn't draft him. He just soured out. It just frustrates me because it. it
1: just, again, I said this, I think I said this last week, man. Just because a guy is coaching in the NFL doesn't mean he's actually smarter than you. Mm. It is. It's just yep. what it is. No, I hear you. And I know I'm going to hear about it from somebody. In That's Buffalo. fine. Whatever. Yep. Who cares? Uh, staying in the AFC East, Junior mm. Drake got the ball a
2: little bit yeah. on Sunday. You know what's weird? So most of his production was as a pass catcher. Yep. Uh, he had seven catches, 69 yards, and had the touchdown uh, over 24 PPR points. Great. He basically still split touch with the Frank Gore. Yep. 13 and 12. Yep. Like, Gore got more carries and Drake got more uh, of the of the yard, yardage and, and uh, touches and targets there as a pass catcher. And now they get to go to Chicago and play, or actually go back to Miami and play the Bears, which is a bad matchup. So maybe Kenyon Drake's a guy you sell high on right now. Who knows? Um, because I still don't believe in him. He's, been bad more than he's been good so far this season through five weeks, and Gore's not going away. He's yeah. not going and away. And Marcus has always said. He's going to live forever. There will be no one on this planet. No one. No. Except I mean Frank
1: Gore. Climate change. He's will... going to be like Will Smith, and what was the name of that I movie? am legend. Yes. Yeah. He is legend. Climate change will uh, will come and take us all out, but Frank Gore will still be standing on top see? of a mountain, uh, you know, rushing for four yards per carry. So it was good to see Drake actually produce. You know, we yeah. like that Drake. Yeah. We, yeah, we absolutely. We like that
2: Drake. Um, but... I still would sell high
1: on I will say this. At least Adam Gase has sort of been true to his word on this because he kept saying that this is going to be a committee yeah. and that Frank Gore is going to get work. And so, like, you know, sometimes coaches say that and they're not truthful. Like, I don't know, uh, Marvin Lewis saying, "Hey, eh, we're, we're, we're probably going to ease Joe Mixon back into it. <sighs> not true. But, but I mean, it, was cool. I mean I, it worked out. Yeah. But it wasn't true. No,
2: exactly. It's like, yeah, you know, Hugh Jackson. Hey, Taylor Taylor's gonna be our starter all this all season. I mean, until he's eh, not.
1: Yeah. Until exactly, he's not. So exactly. you know, whatever. Uh-huh.
2: But the 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 most infamous one, I think it was Nathaniel
1: Hackett. Who, oh, we're gonna run CJ Spiller. Until, until he throws pukes. up. Until he pukes. Yeah. Which happened, I guess, in week one. The only people who puked were the guys who dropped. So yeah, there you go. Okay. So uh, yeah, good luck with Ken and Drake. I don't know. Um All right, so now I got a, a whole list here of confusing backfield committees. And so I'm going to ask you if you trust one of those guys, do you trust some of those guys or do you trust none of those guys? Okay. So we're going to start with the Eagles. And you uh, said you didn't want we're, we're talking about Jay Ajayi here because it's been, it's been, it's been bad. It's, it hasn't been great. And, you know, we see Wendell Smallwood get some run, you know, Corey Clement when he's healthy. I mean, we haven't seen Darren Sproles. I don't think since, the, yeah, since week one, down. basically. But yep. I mean, wh- how, how do you parse this backfield? Well, and remember, the first game he had a couple of
2: touchdowns. Just yep. Thinking, oh, Jai is going to be the man. And I, I liked him coming into the season, thinking he was going to be the grinder. But they don't, they don't trust him. And then he fumbles yesterday, um, and that was a costly fumble, right? Yep. So, forty nine percent of the snaps, Wendell Smallwood. Forty nine percent of the snaps, and Wendell Smallwood was more productive than Jai. And now Jai is, you know, he's he's kind of like that used car that has got one hundred twenty five thousand miles on it. You don't want it anymore. You can't get rid of it. Nope. You can't. Yeah, I mean, now you can't. You can't. You can't try and
1: sell it. You're stuck. You're, you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I, J. J was one of those guys coming into the season that I didn't quite know how to get a read on, and I know a lot of people were, were you know, I won't say big on him, but you know they felt like maybe he could be a value pick in the mid rounds. Yeah, I yeah. thought he would be a nice flex starter, and he hasn't even been that. He has not been that at all. And like I said, I just I couldn't quite figure him out. So just just my uncertainties sort of kept me away, but. I feel like this has been worse. I mean, eight carries, 29 yards. Uh, I don't believe he had a single touch in the second half. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't trade him for a, a bag of deflated footballs right now. No, you just are correct. Do I don't, I, I can do it. Um, But the thing about it is I don't know that there's anybody in that backfield that is getting enough work and being productive enough. Like you mentioned Wendell Smallwood and he was better than Jay Ajayi, but mm-hmm. that's sort of relative, right? Like, Corey Clement, same sort of thing. Like, he has been better at times than Jay Ajayi, but none of these guys have been good enough that I'm like, yep, that's the guy I want. I'm going to go grab him and plug him in my lineup, and everything's yep. going to be okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and so they're they're on our network Thursday night against the Giants this week. And, and get, Tune in. I got the Giants, you know. Go tune in, everybody. Sorry, Eddie. But um, <laughs> I, I, I can't trust any Eagles running back right now, especially Jay Ajayi. Um, it's 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 a sad state of affairs. I mean, the the Eagles' offense actually. The Eagles' I mean, offense is not not, not clicking great. right now. Nelson Aguilar has disappeared since Wentz has come back. You know, Alshon had the big game in his return, and then this week and, not so much. And, but the one constant, Zeckers. He's, he is the one thing. I mean... He's the one thing on that team right now. I still like Alshon Jeffrey, and I think Wentz, is, who had a good game, he'll be fine. But that backfield is blah.
1: Well, I mean, remember, you know, go back to hard knocks, and when uh, Michael Kendricks was in the Browns' room and, and he gave the scouting report, the one thing he said, Zach Gertz is the best pass catcher on that team. Mm-hmm. And that has what? Itself. What took so long, though? Like... You remember, like Zach Ertz was that
2: guy who was like, "Oh, he was great after Thanksgiving." Right, but but he, he couldn't use him until the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like, and now he's just gangbusters every single week. Maybe they just feed him turkey and stuffing
1: every Sunday. Whatever, man. Whatever works, keep doing it. The Packers. Everybody yeah, wants crazy. Aaron Jones to just take over that job.
2: Even like, Aaron Aaron Rodgers does. He's that guy, and it's just. But he got game not- scripted out yesterday. I mean, like you know, he was looking pretty good, and and then. The Lions just, well, it was just a shock to see what happens. And again, another weird thing, right? So the Jets go into Detroit and whack them. Yep. And now the Lions have beat the Patriots and the Patriots.
1: They've beaten <laughs> Tom Brady and What the Arizona. hell, man? They I mean, them. I don't
2: know what's going on out there, but uh, it's, re- and the Cowboys beat the Lions. Yeah, go figure. But I'm still, I'm not giving up. I'm not, I, I've given up on Royce Freeman a little bit. I, this <clears> past <throat> week, that, that one was just, that soured me, but. I'm not giving up on Aaron Jones. He's still the better back. Second half, was a lot of Jamal Williams. He led the team in snaps in terms of that backfield. You know, Ty Montgomery was second. But Aaron Jones is still the best playmaker on that team. And they've got, what, the Niners on Monday Night Football coming up, right?
1: Uh, yes, I believe so. Oh, boy,
2: Monday Night Football. The ratings are going to be just a bonanza for C.J. Bethard in that game. But I'm still buying on Aaron Jones. If somebody wants to trade him to me, I will absolutely take him. Because I believe, I believe that I mean, at some point he'll end up being the guy there and i think he would have been if detroit hadn't gotten out to such a big lead in this game early in the first half
1: i i said this last week and and you know mike clay from espn said something similar on twitter mike I love mike um we we can want everything we want like it's good to want things mhm If Mike McCarthy doesn't want it, it doesn't matter what the The hell we want. Yeah, You know, if Mike McCarthy is still comfortable with this three-headed rotation, you know, with Ty Montgomery getting in there and Jamal Williams still getting opportunities. Like, we can want everything in the world for these guys. And even Aaron Rodgers can want everything in the world. But in the end, if they're still getting touches, like, at some point, like, when do we just say, you know what, this is what it is? And and we just... I'm gonna figure dude, out a new plan.
2: I'll give it another week or two, and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll jump ship. We'll All right, see. but I still like the talent.
1: Uh, okay, so same thing, different or same thing, same division, different team. Your Detroit Lions, right? I mean, Carrion Johnson looked good. Twelve carries, seventy yards, right? Nearly six yards per carry. But Garrett Blunt gets a couple of goal line touchdowns.
2: Yeah, and wow. uh, and then Nick the got hurt in that game too. Uh, you know, luckily they have a bye, so hopefully he'll be good to go. But like, I was watching the, you know the game, and I'm like. LeGarrette Blunt is now the new Jerome Bettis. He will get you a few carries, but he's always going to vulture them damn touchdowns once you get near the goal line. So you mean like late at, late stage at, Jerome yes, Bettis? Yes, yes. Late stage Jerome Bettis, yes. And um, it, it just drives you nuts because on Johnson is so much better than every running back they have in Detroit. And... Matt Patricia hates our fantasy football teams. Maybe he's learned from Bill Belichick and his Bellatrix to hate our fantasy football teams, but he's not giving Carryon Johnson enough touches. He's just not. And LeGarrette Blount is going to continue to be the guy that they utilize in short yardage and goal line situations, and that is going to put a cap on
1: Carrion's value. Uh, real quick, back to the, the Packers, just because this thing just came across Twitter as oh you were talking. Yeah. Uh, a quote from Mike McCarthy when he was asked about Aaron Jones. Okay. Way the game goes and strength of the players on the football. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands, but there's more to the position than just running the football. We have diversity in our attack with three guys. All have excellent attributes. That means you're not getting your Aaron Jones wish, folks. Damn you, Mike uh, that's what that means. <laughs> so you I'm can. not sending you a fruitcake for Christmas, jerk. That actually sounds like a not punishment.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> actually, have you ever had a good fruit cake, by the way ever yeah. have you ever had a good one but they still send them out has anybody ever eat? i've
1: never actually seen a. Fruit I, cake no I've, a, I, I've i've tried it yeah i've never seen one i that's didn't one hate it cut. but yeah it's
2: not yeah
1: i also am not big of on fruit in desserts that's just not a thing like well then i mean that's fruit? the the ultimate like, jello horrible with, dessert for you jello with fruit in it stop it just stop it dude jello is good on its own don't put fruit in Green. it messes it up Green lime Jello with pineapple. Oh, that's glorious! Sorry, just Focus. threw up. It's so ma- good. Just threw up in my mouth it's a little good. bit. Uh, okay, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, this is another one. So I feel like this one though is more like because Alex Collins just can't hold on to the yeah, football. he
2: if he, if he would stop fumbling, mm-hmm. we would see less Buck Allen. Thirty one percent of the snaps, uh, Buck Allen fifty seven percent of the snaps, and it's been a committee. And actually, Buck Allen's been the better of the two because he gets the goal line opportunities. Can't trust either one of them, and I guess. If I had to pick one of them right now, considering Buck Allen's getting the goal line work, I guess I'm going with Buck Allen. But they play the Titans coming up in week six. Titans good at home against the run. I mean, they're tough against the run regardless, but really tough against the run at home. So I'd probably be fading both of these guys. You know, we should do, we should do a study. Maybe there has been one. Maybe there hasn't. I don't know. But, like, the two guys... And I know Kenny and Drake had a good game this past week. But the two guys who were like the big second half league winners at running back, two of them were Alex Collins and Drake. Right. And then their value is elevated in the next season's drafts. I mean, I wonder how often those types of running backs who kind of do well for the second half of the season actually go on to be really good the following season. I was thinking about that because Collins was one of those guys along with Drake that – Boy, league winners last year, but so far this year, bleh. I mean, Drake had the good game, but Collins has really been blind, not holding on he to got, the football. He got snapped 48 to 26. Yeah, you would think he'd get more of the goal line opportunities. He is not. He's not as versatile uh, as Buck Allen in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield. So uh, good luck with that. And, you know, and I am a running backs truther. I, I, I love the running back position, and there's been a lot of good running backs this season. But I will say this I will say this, Marcus. This so far through five weeks has been a season where the zero RB crowd is doing real well. Yeah. Doing real well. There's been a lot of good wide receivers. A lot of good wide receivers have come out. And then you've got some running backs who were drafted middle rounds, late rounds. Sonny Michel, James White, um, who who are really putting up. Some pretty good
1: numbers. Well, I think. Well, I think. a too before he got hurt. Where it well, I think. But I think that's part of it. Where it has worked out, or the reason that it is working out right now, is the reason that zero RB came into existence because of basically as this as the phrase goes the fragility of running backs because they get so many touches because they get so much opportunity it also means more chances to get hit more chances to get injured and so we've seen guys like Leonard fournette not be healthy you know we get we have David Johnson somehow in an offense that doesn't know how to utilize his skill set um so because of that now suddenly you know you've got backups who are getting more play you've got guys in other offenses who've stepped up and gotten more play so it has sort of worked out. I mean, I think if anything, we've learned that there's no one tried yeah, and true system. But this is one. This is a year yeah, where I mean, it has some merit, some merit We've it. seen, you know, Gurley's been great. Kamara's been great. Gordon's been great.
2: Saquon's been great. Zeke's been great. Uh, you know, McCaffrey's been great. Kareem Hunt ha- has started to become great again. Um, but you're also seeing, like, you know, if you look at the top 25, James White is in there. T.J. Yeldon's in there. Uh, Isaiah Crowell. Because every other week, the guy's awesome. Yep. You know, Carlos Hyde was a middle to late run pick. He's been really good. Naheem Hines in a PPR league. He's been very good. Austin Eckler, top 25 guy right now. And he's the number two running back on his own roster. So you, Philip Lindsay, I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. Philip Lindsay has single handedly broken the hearts of every Royce Freeman truther, including myself, because
1: <laughs> he's yeah. just a better running back. He's more versatile and they're using him more. Um, Let's get to the Broncos. Then, you no, mentioned let's that. do that. Right. The, I mean, I feel like Royce Freeman hasn't been. Bad. No, he hasn't been bad, but, but he hasn't been good enough to just punt Philip Lindsay to the bench. though. Exactly, and, and that's been that's been the frustration. And it's not going to happen. It's no, not absolutely at not going to happen. And Denver's
2: hurting, man. I mean, Case Keenum has not really played well. I get he had a pretty good game yesterday. You know, they were playing from behind, but um, there. I mean, Demarius Thomas and, and he had a good game. Jermaine Johnson was out, and, and that's a big part of it. Emmanuel Sanders had like nine catches in PPR leagues; he was gold, but. The offense as a whole is kind of right now. And, you know, they need playmakers. And Philip Lindsay right now is a better playmaker than Royce Freeman. Not that Royce Freeman's been bad, but you're seeing Vance Joseph and, you know, Vance Joseph, true to the coach's code,
1: said, I'm
2: going to get Royce Freeman more touches. No, he didn't. He had less. <laughs> Thanks for nothing.
1: Yeah. um I think mean, that offense, We, we you know, I know we came into the season saying that, oh, Case Keenum's there. It'll be an upgrade at quarterback. And I guess it, it is. I mean, Trevor Samhain was hot garbage. I mean, I guess it is, but it's still not great. And, you know, it's funny, too, because it not, not that it has to do with running backs, but we had pretty much left Demarius Thomas for dead, and then he gets some garbage points. He gets a, a late 40-yard yep. touchdown that puts him over 100 yards for the day. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of came out. another. Otherwise, you're going to get just another meh day. Yep out of Demarius Thomas, but,
2: uh, I mean, so far too, like between Freeman and Lindsay, it's kind of been split with the snaps and split with the touches. But, you know, part of that is because Lindsay threw hands and got thrown out of a game and, and, Freeman sort of, uh, had a little bit more. So it's deceptive, but Freeman's in fantasy terms, I mean, he's not startable right now. And Lindsay's a
1: flex starter. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, the Colts, uh, Naheem Hines has, has kind of come on a little bit lately. I mean, he's become a bigger part of the offense, but Jordan Wilkins is still there. Well, Marlon Mack, Marlon is Mack's coming back Back at practice, right? Um, Robert Turbin is, is active and available. So I feel like if you had Naheem Hines, like that ride might be over soon. It could
2: be. Yeah. Depending on Mack's situation and, you know, Mack's not been durable so far this season, got hurt back in the preseason, but to me, Hines is the only guy that's actually rosterable at this point. Um, we'll have to see. You know, Marcus and I are kind of like everybody out there listening. We got to see exactly uh, what that Colts backfield rotation is going to be. And I fear that with Marlon Mack back, it's going to end up being even more confusing because you just add another player. And this is a guy that Jim Irsay predicted, what, 1,500 yards for? Yeah. Maybe maybe if you combine, like, three seasons of work, maybe Mack's going to get 1,500. Yeah. But, um, This could another potential situation where if you're in a PPR league and you want to sell high in Naheem Hines, you know, you package him in a deal. Maybe you go that route.
1: Yeah, Uh, that might be because, like, I'm all about trading. There's Uh, just just no there's not going to get any consistent production from these guys because you just don't know how this offense is going to roll. At least which one of these guys is going to get most of the touches. So, yeah. Um, so there you go. Those are some of the more confusing backfields. A little bit of, of running back talk. Uh, just hopefully, look. We just want these guys to be productive. Like we we want help us help you, or, or help you help us, or whatever. <laughs> let's just let's just all prosper together. Let's all make it. What would be great is if
2: you know some of these coaches actually listen to the fantasy fans out there. Because- I mean. They'd be getting all yeah. kinds of better stuff than fruitcakes on Christmas. I could tell you that. Ugh. Especially Mike McCarthy. Just play Aaron Jones. Yeah, maybe if we didn't send them fruitcakes, they would actually help us out. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Come on. What's the best gift to send on Christmas then? Come on. So it's not a fruitcake. What is it? Come on.
1: Uh, what do you think? Cash. Ah, oh, how about that? Well, it's just easy. Like How about that? Like, just go get what you want. Make yourself happy. Or at least a gift card. How about that? Wait
2: a minute. Let me see this thing here. I'm gonna tell you what the best thing. Is. What is this? Come on, where, where's where, where's where's that that device that we have that the, cooks the, the jewel CV? That's what you send.
1: That's pretty good. Actually. You send the jewel CV. That's what you send right there, buddy. That is pretty good. I made yeah. I made some steak with that thing. You know what? Cash is good though too. Cash is always good. Yeah, cash is always good. Don't ever, don't ever sleep on cash. <laughs> you know, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than going to see a doctor. You know, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything online. All you have to do is get roman.com slash live, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, get an FDA approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of it. For a free online visit, go to getroman.com slash live. That's getroman.com slash live for a free online visit. Again, that's getroman.com slash live. All right. It's also fun. Play a little game called "What's More Likely." I am, and, and this is with all apologies to our friends at Around the NFL. Uh, I know they they like to do "What's More Likely" every now and then on their podcast. So I am uh, I am borrowing from them. So, uh, you know, Dan Hansis, Chris Westling, Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. We love you guys. Love you guys. Apologies. Hansis, uh, like, go Yanks. I like uh, I like your work, so I'm stealing from it. That's uh, you know. Yeah, that, I mean that's the the most sincere right. you know form of flattery. Exactly. Right? So I'm, uh, I'm stealing from you. So uh, so I got a few questions here, and, and we can go back through go through. The, these things so the first one what's more likely that Matt Ryan finishes the season as a top five QB or that Russell Wilson finishes outside the top 10 Ooh, man I think the the latter although Matt Ryan and I mean Matt Ryan's prone to fade like yeah
2: dude I know but like so 14.4 yesterday on the road against the Steelers and their defense was not good Ryan has now failed to score more than 16 fantasy points in six straight road games okay I know people out there, ah, who cares? Right, but it, I'm just stating the damn facts, okay? And I would say, if the Seahawks continue to run the football, and, and I mean, you know, they they stayed in that game with the Rams yesterday because of they their did. success on the ground. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, if you try to air it out against Jared Goff and McVay and that offense, forget about it. You're going to get whacked. But I still say Matt Ryan has a better chance to finish in the top five than Russell Wilson does uh, of finishing inside the top ten. and. That's nuts to say because Wilson was the best quarterback in fantasy football last season. But right now he's just not getting it done since this past week. And if they keep running it like they're running it and and that's a big thing, too. Russell Wilson's not running the football.
1: He's not running the football. I mean,
2: dude, you you draft Russell Wilson hoping you're getting 4 to 500 yards on the ground and you know, maybe three or four touchdowns. He's not doing that right
1: now. Right. And I wonder, you know, at some point is he a little bit shell-shocked? Cuz he's taking some hits. I mean, you you run the football, that's going to happen and you wonder if that's kind of got him cautious. The other part of it is Doug Baldwin you know, he's not been himself. He was yeah. hurt. He missed some time. Uh, this past week was a non-factor. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if he—did he, he catch a pass? I don't think he caught a pass. I think
2: he may have caught one, uh, and th- um, and that's about it. It was not
1: good for, for Angry Doug. Right. So, I mean, he's been a non-factor, which obviously is going to, to limit Russell's production. I would say one of the things going in the favor of Matt Ryan also is— the division he plays in. I mean, he gets two games against the Bucks. He gets two games against the Saints. I mean the Panthers, you know, that that's kind of a tougher defense, but even they can can give up some yards occasionally. So uh you know that helps him a little bit. I mean he still has let's see look at the the schedule. I mean he's got games against the Giants, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Cardinals are not the same team that they used to be. So I think the schedule works out for him. And even yesterday aside, that offense looks like they're more comfortable in the second year under Steve Sarkeesian, You know, I mean, I, I still think Julio Jones will score a touchdown. This is like it, every week is like Julio watch now. We're like when will? It, you know, yeah, right. Need like Ron Burgundy and like Brian, I mean, he Brian was, Fantana. He wasn't even there. I
2: was getting so many people on Twitter yesterday being like,
1: "Where the hell is Julio Jones?" Yeah, well, he didn't catch a pass in the yeah. first
2: half. Oh, and uh, scary stat of the show: mm. currently. Russell Wilson is on pace for 134 rushing yards, 134. That's it. Yikes. That's it. I mean, Russell Wilson, look at his career numbers. I mean, he's almost always giving you right around 400 rushing yards every single season Uh, and not so much so far in 2018. He has been a guy who's throwing the football 13 completions yesterday. That was it. And I didn't like him. And if you had told me, in the pregame, that he was going to have 13 completions. I just said, I am sitting Russell Wilson all day long. Uh, it didn't actually work out, but I, he, he, he made those not, 13 count, though. He is not. Yeah, he did. He is not <laughs> the sure thing that he has been. I mean, you know, 586 rushing yards, you know, in 2017. Uh, his career low is 259, which was in 2016, and he's... Not even on pace for half of that. Right. I now. mean, I mean, I mean, it's bad.
1: He did account for 37 of the Seahawks' yeah. 38 touchdowns last year, which maybe we overlooked the regression
2: possibility with Russell Wilson because he was just so good last year. Maybe I don't
1: mm-hmm. know. Um, okay, so what's more likely, Adrian Peterson or Marshawn Lynch as a top 10 running back? I'd say Marshawn Lynch because, I, and again,
2: I, I never wish injuries on anyone, um, but. I just don't think Adrian Peterson is going to be able to stay healthy all season long. He's also the second best fantasy running back on that team. And if you're in a PPR league, Chris Thompson, I think, is still uh, the better option. But at some point or another, I just expect Peterson to to fade in terms of his production and potentially sort of deal with some bumps and bruises as the season goes on. I mean, I mean Marshawn Lynch is you know built like a, a brick, you know what house, okay? And I just continue to see him and I, I get it yesterday, you know, it didn't work out for him. You know, they used a little Jalen Rashard in there as a pass catcher. I still think Marshawn Lentz a better bet
1: to be a top 10 runner this season. My fear with Marshawn. I, I mean, I, I think I grudgingly go with Adrian Peterson and, you know, coming into this year, I was not big on Adrian Peterson. No, I mean, I neither was, man. Like, avoid him. I'm like, I'm not drafting him. I don't want any part of it. And he has, he has exceeded my expectations. But they seem to use maybe because the game scripts have been more friendly in Washington that they seem to use him in the second half. Marshawn Lynch has played 172 snaps so far this season. Mm -hmm. He has played 18 of them in the second half. Mm. Like he's not on the field because the Raiders are they're so bad and they're trailing and they're throwing the ball. I mean, Derek Carr is, is slinging it more than he ever has in his career. And he's not I, scoring that many fantasy he's points because right? he's you know, every now and then he'll throw into the wrong colored jersey. But yeah, he had some bad
2: decisions yesterday.
1: Yeah, and I just I feel like that's the thing that's going to hamper Marshawn Lynch is that he's got to get all of his in the first half because in the second half there's just nothing there for yep. him. Yeah, so I would go Lynch
2: there. Um, Lynch is somebody you actually may want to try and buy low on right now,
1: especially after yeah the game. I could see that. Um, this one this one sounded a lot better in my head when I wrote it last night, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is more likely? Tyler Boyd or Kenny Galladay as a top 15 receiver? I, I Hey, it's not crazy, though, because Boyd's been good. I mean, Boyd has been good. Yeah, this thinker last, uh, you know, this this past but week. But I feel but like the answer is a little more obvious
2: than, than when I thought about this late, late last night. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, I mean, in, in fantasy football, very rarely is anything obvious. But, I mean, I, I'd still go Kenny Galladay. But right. these are two very, let's put it this way, in terms of the stats, I mean, they're separated by, like, six PPR points. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Uh, I just, like... I like Gallaudet's offense better in terms of his quarterback. Uh, I feel like they're going to get in a lot of shootouts. And, you know, Andy Dalton has been decent this season. He's had some really good games. But Andy Dalton will give you the occasional bluh. Right. And yesterday, despite what was a good matchup, the Dolphins, I mean, their front was banged up. And he gave you a big time bluh. I mean, he was horrible. The first half, uh, the, the he had that one pick that, that sort of got batted up in the air. So maybe that wasn't his fault. But, um, I still like Stafford much more than I like
1: Dalton and, uh, and his effect on his wide receivers. And so I'm going to go Galladay there. Well, and I also think because the lions, I won't say they don't have a running game, but they don't rely on their running game as much. Whereas the the Bengals, I think are more willing to lean on Joe Mixon. Now that he's back and he's healthy that, that takes some opportunities out of that offense for Tyler Boyd, because the lions still rely so much on Matthew Stafford to be successful. uh, I think that that gives Galladay an edge there. Um, Okay, last one. What's more likely? Jerry Cook finishes as a top five tight end or Jimmy Graham has 1,000 receiving yards? That's a good one. This is nuts, too. Like... I really thought this was. I mean, I thought you know Jimmy Graham in Green Bay. Like this is everything I know, we could have dreamed. This I is know. everything we could have dreamed. And apparently, he he left his hands in Seattle because he's been <sighs> he's been dropping
2: passes. I mean, dropping touchdowns, and uh, he he left a lot of he left a little bit of uh, meat
1: on that bone. Let's he put can't it that get way. Open, he can't catch the ball when it comes to him. It's just this is not this is not worked out. At but all. this is
2: like Jared Cook. He's gonna drive. He drives me nuts already. I, you know, I have him in a couple of leagues. He's driving me nuts. And, and I said last week on NFL Fantasy Live, I says, I have the hardest time trying to figure him out every single week. So he had the big game in week one, stinker game two, stinker game three, huge game in week four, and then stinker in game five. By the way, you can't start a tight end against the Chargers. You can't. Uh, th- their defense, <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is. They've got tight end kryptonite. They, I mean, tight ends just cannot score. Even Kelsey did nothing. Right. Uh, and Kelsey's been terrible against them. Um, and... But but I mean, Jared Cook, like everyone's like, tight end position's terrible. You got to play him, and and I guess that's that's sort of true. But this is what you're going to get from him. And even even with the stink bombs, I mean, right now he's fourth, you know, in fantasy points among tight ends in PPR leagues. George Kittle's fifth. He's looking pretty good. But Jared Cook, I don't know, man. It's it just every single week, like it's it's just not a guy that I that I want to go to battle with on my fantasy football team because. He's got a high ceiling, right? right. But his floor Scary is like love. the damn basement.
1: It 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 shifts. It's not a consistent floor at all. Not not at all. So, but still, Jimmy Graham's not getting a thousand yards. He's not getting a thousand yards. I mean, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, I really thought. It. I really thought you could just lock it up for a thousand yards, but it.
2: He's I got two forty-five less So I mean, he's it's gonna have to have some dude.
1: really huge games in here coming up. Which, yep. I mean, I guess certainly is always possible, but yep. yeah, this is not working, and I don't. What, it, I'm trying to think, like, why, what, what made him so successful in New Orleans? Like, did Drew Brees make Jimmy Graham? Because he hasn't come close, really, to well, duplicating that. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's the offense, too. You know, I mean, that they, all they did is chuck it. I mean, Brees has thrown it yeah? plus times every single season, and Graham... I mean, you know, too, like, I mean, dude, football's a hard sport. I mean, he was a lot younger, too. You know, the guy hadn't been playing, you know, he hadn't been playing, uh, you know, for five, six years. I mean, he's been in the league for a while now, so that punishment takes takes its toll on you, but he was in the perfect offense, man. All the Saints did was throw to football. He had Drew Brees in his prime, and Drew Brees is great. Hall of Famer. Uh, so, I think that's that's sort of the reason, but it, it is it is one of those situations where when you drafted Jimmy Graham, you probably had a Take a maybe in the seventh or eighth round,
1: somewhere in there, depending on the size of your league. You felt pretty good. You don't feel good right now. I'm I'm sitting here trying to do the math in my head on how Jimmy Graham can get to a thousand yards. Like is I it mean, impossible. No, it's not impossible at all. Because so here's the thing about it. We we talk about a thousand yard seasons, like they're they're spectacular. I mean, because we love round numbers just as human beings. A thousand yards used to also be a much bigger deal when the NFL played like twelve game seasons. Because <laughs> now you play a sixteen game season, a thousand yards you average you have to average sixty two and a half yards per game, which is like not special. Well, there's nothing really great about it. So I mean, he's had you know he had a ninety five yard game this past week. He had seventy six yards. I mean, it's not impossible, but man, this is just not. He has one touchdown. Like this is not at all what what a lot of us were expecting. Nope. Of Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And it
2: comes at a, at a bad time too, because it's just impossible. I mean, it's so hard and guys out there, you know, I apologize. I like Vance McDonald last week. I also gave you Austin Hooper who had a good game, but Vance McDonald, I mean like that guy just stunk it up bad. And, uh, It's one of those things where right now so many people are hurting at tight end. And if you drafted Jimmy Graham, you got to be so happy about the fact that you got this guy who's going to score so many touchdowns, catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. The problem is he's not catching them because he's dropping them at some point. But you haven't got what you were hoping for. You just haven't gotten it.
1: Yeah, it's just it's been rough. You know, I'm wondering also with Vance McDonald, how many guys in the Falcons locker room were like, hey, don't get contied. (laughs) <laughs> I know right. Right. Like if that was exactly. just like that was like the rallying cry this week. Don't get I was just, I,
2: was, I was just thinking about, you know, dating back to, you know, when you said oh the NFL only played like fourteen games. Right. And uh, you know, not to not to bring up, you know, OJ Simpson, but how great was that season he had?
1: His two thousand yards. Two thousand
2: and three yards in fourteen games. He averaged hundred and forty three yards on the ground a game. Yep. You don't see that
1: anymore. You do not see yeah. that anymore. Especially that with running backs. They just they just don't do that. Yep. All right, it is time to look at some of these waiver wire picks for Week Six. Got a bunch of them. Too. Got a bunch of them here. Uh, you know, we mentioned a little bit of uh, of Alfred Morris. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned Kyle Juszczyk. Um I know. I can't pronounce it. It's Usechek. It's Usechek. Yeah. And then
2: you, so you, I, I've got three really hard names on the list. Right. You've got Usechek. You've got Uzama. 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 See, I screwed
1: it up, Eddie. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Can we just call him MVS? MVS. Because I don't want to pronounce the name. In fact, this past week, the Packers were throwing to MVS and ESB. That's that's true, yeah. Equinemius, Equinemius. Brown, like They have, they have like the all-spelling B team at yeah, wide dude. receiver. Right? Yeah.
2: And you know, so since we mentioned that, now you got to keep tabs on Geronimo Allison because if Allison comes back, you know MVS is not going to be nearly as valuable well, and, in and, that and offense. And you ESB goes away ha- to all together. Yeah. Probably. But I'll tell you something right now. These guys aren't putting up these numbers if Aaron Rodgers ain't throwing them the damn football. No, you're right. If they're in New York and Sam Donald throwing it to. No nah, one. Not happen. Aaron Rodgers can make anybody a star. Anybody. Nobody. Anybody. That's why we liked him. Uh, a couple guys coming back off by Jameis Winston. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and Cameron Brate. And these guys should be at the top of your list, uh, unless you're hurting at running back, in which case maybe it's Alfred Morris. Jameis has got the Falcons this week. In Atlanta, high-scoring game. And let's not forget, last year, Jameis Winston played in 13 games. Two of those games he left, he was a top 10 quarterback six times. Hell, he's going to be in my top 10 (laughs) quarterbacks this week. Yeah. He's going to be. Yeah. Maybe not top five, but he'll be in a top 10. Matchup, something to prove, better weapons than he's ever had with the emergence of of Chris Godwin. They have no running game at all.
1: All that is true, but... Also, he's Jameis, which means I know, that, but I mean, like, he's going to have he's going to have a, uh, at least one bad pick. He may have some awkward run where he fumbles the ball. <laughs> you know, he'll like run two yards past the line of scrimmage and throw it because that's you know. So you just have to live with that. That's part of the whole Jameis Winston experience. Listen. If Blake Bortles
2: can throw four picks and score twenty fantasy points, then Jameis Winston can give you twenty in Atlanta. True,
1: true. I'm telling you. A uh, couple other names of note mentioned. We talked a little bit about Mike Davis, so I mean that's a name to keep on your radar. Christian Kirk, um, yeah, dude. Maybe a rookie connection with him yes. and Josh Rosen. I yep. mean, Larry Fitzgerald has has not been completely healthy. He's underperformed, and you know there was talk Christian Kirk was kind of a deep sleeper coming into the season. So maybe now this is sort of his time to shine. I <laughs> do. He's been better than Fitz. And, and,
2: I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is getting to the point where, you know, people are starting to think of dropping him. You know, Hall of it's Fame guy, one of the greatest wide receivers. He's, I mean, the targets aren't there. He's not producing. Clearly doesn't have anything going on with Josh Rosen in terms of a rapport. And I just think he's banged up. I I, I think he's not 100%, and that's been the big problem. And, and right now he's all name and, and no production whatsoever to the point where Christian Kirk is, like, the best – Fantasy wide receiver in Arizona at this
1: point. One caveat about Christian Kirk: uh-huh. next two games yeah. at Minnesota and uh-huh. home and home against Denver. Yeah, so well, so beware Denver. I mean, we'll see, but we'll uh, see. Well, it depends which Denver team it is. Exactly. On. I mean, Denver's tougher at home than they are on the road. By the way, it's also a Thursday night game against the Broncos, so Ooh. maybe that maybe that makes it. Why three? is Thursday
2: night like Eddie? Does this does this like scare you too? Like when you are setting your lineups for Thursday night? And this year, actually, there have been a lot of points on Thursday night, so maybe it's different. Mm-hmm. But like. I had people asking me, should I be playing Chester Rogers this week? And I always think, no, he's going to get but it's Thursday night and I don't want to go into a Thursday night game and get a stinker out of Chester Rogers, right?
3: The thing with Thursday, I think is every, everyone's eyeballs are on that one game is that the, it's the allure of playing the the national game. And then if you, you start the guy that has the good early start on Thursday, then you feel pretty good going into Sunday and then eventually Monday, that's the thing, but to your point if the guy puts up zero or one two three points mm-hmm. and you're and then you watch a guy on Sunday who puts up 15 20 points then yeah. you you hate yourself
1: yeah yeah I just I feel like unless you know it's a a stud or just some matchup that just seems so great mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not gonna start some kind of middling guy that are like hey I just grabbed this dude off the waiver wire and start him on a Thursday night like there's yep.
2: just I just I can't do it can I go back to Jameis Winston just yeah, real quick sure I just looked up his stats career-wise against Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Oh, giddy-up. 25.7 points, 21.5, 25.5, 18.5, 19.4. I'm in, Eddie. Give me the
1: W. All right. I'm in on Jameis this week. All right. Uh, One last one. One last one. Uh, Mark Walton. I feel like this is a little bit more of a deep dive. I always thought you were going to say Mark Wahlberg. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He's a little bit more, I think, of a deep dive, but... With Gio Bernard out for up to a month now, mm-hmm. Mark Walton becomes the number two guy, and like he hasn't gotten a lot of touches, but when he gets the ball, he's got some juice to him. Um, this has got—I feel like this is a deep league play, but it's a name at least to to keep in your back pocket right now.
2: Yeah, it's—I mean, it's kind of—I mean. Depth, right? I mean, Cincinnati, God forbid Joe Mixon goes down. I mean, Mark Walton's going to end up sitting a whole lot of touches. One other guy, too, that we haven't mentioned that we should is Mohamed Sanu. Now, Sanu was in my Fabs 5 slot receiver secrets last week, and he came up big, had a good game. Now he plays against Tampa. Tampa, and I got to look through next-gen stats, and, and Marcus, I think you know this, too, but, like, a huge percentage of the yardage and the fantasy points they've given up to wide receivers have been to slot receivers, like huge, mm-hmm. huge. So if you did pick him up, don't drop him. If you need a wide receiver this week, pick him up and play him because it's going to be a high-scoring game. And the Buccaneers, you know, maybe they made some adjustments in, in during the bye week, maybe not, who knows, we'll see. But, I mean, th- there is not a better matchup like for a slot receiver in week six Mohamed Sanu against the Buccaneers.
1: All right, there you go. Um, so there you go. Those are all your week, uh, your Week Six waiver wire picks. Of course, you can check out some more at NFL.com. Uh, Graham Barfield does uh, some great work with the waiver wire, the deep dive, all that stuff. Some streaming options too later in the week, so uh, you go check those out. So as always, before we get out of here, it is time to hear your beefs and your complaints and your sadness. It is Monday moaning as we always do on Twitter.com. So uh, Eddie, I assume you have some tweets loaded up for us.
3: Yes. Uh, thanks to everyone who tweeted at you. Marcus, uh, giving their most negative uh, Monday (laughs) Monday morning thoughts. Uh, Well, first one up is at Sting 76, uh, I streamed the 49er defense in three leagues since they were at home to a rookie. I chose them over the Bengals defense. Shake my head.
1: Yeah, I would have advised against that.
3: Uh, from <laughs> at Jace uh, one hundred two three nine one. After weeks uh, of frustration, I finally bench Kenyon Drake, and then he decides to show up.
2: Isn't that always what happens? Always yeah. what happens. Yeah, it's all, it's like it's just like Vance McDonald, but the opposite. Right. Like two I'm- good games, great
1: matchup. Vance McDonald's gonna be a superstar this year, and he sucked. Yep, I've been rocking with you forever, but the moment I give up on you is when the moment you decide yeah, to dude. show up. Yeah, dude.
3: Yeah. Uh, at onto Dane X2, eating crow, started Murray over Crowell. Still have a chance tonight, though.
2: But, I mean, you know. You're not alone. You are not alone. A lot of people were not starting
1: Isaiah Crowell, especially against the Broncos. Uh, uh, oh, Although, it's funny, I mean, on Thursday, I mean, right, I asked, you know, is this the Powell or Crowell week? Uh, it's going to be a good week for both of them. Well, yeah, he oddly actually, enough, because like, I think Powell well, had more touches. Right, he also had like 99 rushing yards. Yeah. I mean, he put up a decent number for you. So oddly enough, both of those guys, not that anybody was starting any of them, but yeah. there was no wrong answer in that backfield this yep. week. Yep. Uh,
3: at Emma Sloan, should have started Demarius Thomas over John Brown. So as a callback to your garbage time point. Yeah,
2: and I apologize, I did not like Demarius. I didn't either. And then, you know, Tremaine was out, and then I'm like, eh, well, you know, that's going to help him a little bit, but... Unfortunately, my friends, there's a couple of things we can't predict, and there's a lot we can't predict. One of them is garbage time points. Yeah, garbage time. I mean, you know, garbage time points. That is what it is. It is what it is. Andrew Luck. You know, like, you know, he had a he had a modest stat line, and then they just had to throw the ball a ton in the second half, and he ended up with a big number.
3: And uh, we can end this one because it hits home with me too. It's uh, from at Pedro Velasquez. Literally any tight end besides Seals Jones. Crying emoji. Yes,
1: man. That and was, that I, was a great matchup. The Niners are terrible against tight ends. I, I started him in one of my leagues, too, and got a big fat goose egg out yeah. of it. Like I, I got
2: lucky, though. In one of my leagues, I picked him up, was going to start him. Somebody dropped Hooper. So I picked up Hooper and got rid of Seals Jones. One last thing for me, though. Uh, I want to wish the Miz a happy birthday. Um, I love you, brother. Not enough to let you beat me in the Celebrity League this week. But have a great one, my friend.
1: There you go. So uh, that's it. We are done. Thanks as always for listening. And uh, always remember, it should actually be called a teeth brush. We'll see you on Thursday.